In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Benny, you made this? What is going on, all of you handsome listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the fellas, BJ Johnson, Dion Franklin. What's happening, boys? What's up? What's up? How we doing? How we doing? Quick reminder to follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, at the.daggerpodcast to stay up to date with everything we got going on today there's been a lot of drama this week we got to talk about some drama we got to talk about Stephen a and westbrook exchanging barbs this week westbrook's wife got involved (laughs) this is a (laughs) hilarious beef that we got to talk about let's see if Stephen a was out of line a little bit we got to talk about that We have some comments from Steph Curry that we're going to talk about today. Is he headed out of Golden State at some point? We'll give you guys our thoughts. We're going to talk about a team we neglected to talk about last week, and that's the Clippers. Are we taking the Clippers seriously after they added Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins? We'll talk about that. And then lastly, we're going to be doing a budget challenge today. So Bleacher Report put out this pyramid. You guys have probably seen this before about uh, different tiers of players. You know, they each have a monetary value assigned and then we only have $15 to create a team. And so we're going to be taking that challenge today and you guys have to let us know whose team you think would win. But firstly, you guys know how it works already. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week, Good Hustle Award. Dion, take it away. Who's your Hooper of the Week? All right. I have two for this week because there's two players that I really, really admire for two different reasons. Uh, I'll give my first one to Facundo Campazzo. This man is five foot and seven inches tall. And last week, literally trucked. <laughs> ben Simmons, a 6'10 dude. Like Ben Simmons fell like he didn't know what hit him. Like a dam that was just wide open by like breached right open by water. Like it was the most amazing sight, dude. It was amazing. So he goes uh on my Hooper of the Week list for this week. And 
the second guy is Drew Holiday. He has actually been on a tear. Uh, and got paid, too. And got paid, yeah. yes. Yeah, paid. And it was justified because this man has been so good to the Bucks. It's amazing on both ends on the floor, even when Giannis is not there. But this past week, he posted multiple double-doubles with 10-plus uh, assists. And he's been incredible. I mean, incredible on defense. Probably one of the best defenders of the in, in the league right now. He had games with four steals, three steals, two steals, and blocks on top of that, too. So, like, this is a guard that can block shots and get you the steals. So, I really like him. And he is my Hooper of the Week. One of my Hoopers of the Week. Uh, those are great picks, Dion. <laughs> to address your first... Usually the knock on European guys is what they're soft, right? Mm-hmm. They're kind of yeah. weak. Not not this dude, man. He is out here <laughs> trucking people. Man. And dude, anybody who makes Ben Simmons look like a bitch is my favorite player in the NBA. <laughs> this dude tried to flop, like he held his hands up like he got fouled. Like, bro, you better get up and get back in the play. You got the audacity to act like you got fouled. You tried to flop and looked absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And but... to address Drew Holiday, that's that's a great pick. I feel like the Bucks are just firing on all cylinders right now. Chris Middleton mm-hmm. has been balling out all year. Giannis is Giannis. And Drew Holiday has been huge pickup, enough to where they're ready to commit to him for four years, $160 million. Mm-hmm. And, like, you love to see it happen to one of the good guys in the league, man. Drew Holiday, great dude, great teammate, you know, good for him. Way to, way to secure the bag. So great picks. VJ, who's hooping? Um, my hooper of the week is probably the most disrespected person in the NBA and probably one of the most underappreciated. Mr. Russell Westbrook, who, if you didn't know, is still averaging a triple-double this season putting up 21, 10, and 10, and he probably will finish the season averaging one. But uh, he had a crazy game against Indiana last week where he put up 35 or 37 points, like 21 rebounds and 14 assists. Or no, 21 assists, 14 rebounds. I mean, like, for your guard to get you 14 rebounds and generate 20 assists on his own, that's pretty incredible. But just want to show some love to the Brody because – He's putting up numbers, and it's kind of like he's made the triple-double almost seem way too easy than what it is. But, I mean, if they can get in that play-in spot and Bradley Bill can get healthy and Westbrook keeps putting up these kind of numbers, it could be interesting out east. Oh, yeah. And they're, like, what, two spots back from the, from the playing games? Mm-hmm. It's totally, like, in reach, especially if Bradley comes back. Yeah, I, I love Brody. Um because he kind of, I think he started the year off injured and the Wizards have been so bad. You know, people have kind of forgot about him, but Brody has been balling out. That's a great pick. My Hooper of the Week goes to an absolute grown man. He's a young buck, but he is absolutely grown. And that is Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, since the All-Star break, is averaging 29 points a game and shooting 65% from the field. That is nuts. Dude is efficient. I have never seen – because, I mean, I was only a kid when Shaq was playing, so I never really saw Shaq. So, like, with my own eyeballs, 
Zion Williamson is like the most physically dominant player I've ever seen. Like, obviously he's not Shaq, but I'm saying with my own eyes, this, Mm -hmm. this dude makes NBA good NBA defenders just look like, you know, little kids on the playground. You know, they look like the eighth graders, you know, versus like the fifth graders. Like he's just so big and so strong. Like I saw him move Rudy Gobert the out of the way the other day. And like, he Zion Williamson is insane. He's a physical freak. It's good to see him healthy and playing at a high level, showing that he is durable so far this season. And he's balling out of control. 65% from the field while taking a good amount of shots Jesus. is just absolutely crazy. Yeah. That's a grown man. And he just got his signature shoe today. They I saw that. Jordan. So, I mean, if you shoot 65% from the field, I think you should get a shoe in your second year. Yeah, his shoes are clean too. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not not too bad. I know VJ is probably gonna try and get a pair on the Kicks app, right? Well, you know, <laughs> hopefully I'll have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Zion Williamson, Hooper of the Week. Oh yeah. Get on Love that. fella. <laughs> All right. Let's get negative, shall we? Oh yeah. My good hustle award. <laughs> Goes to a guy whose pockets are $50,000 lighter this week. (laughs) Kevin Durant. So I'm sure you guys have heard the story. But just to fill you in, Kevin Durant decided that he had had enough of one Michael Rappaport, who if you haven't heard of him, good. Don't Google him. Don't give him any more attention than he deserves. Absolute clown. But... He decided to get into it with Michael Rappaport for some things that he was saying. And I could give, I'll give you guys the whole origin of this beef in a sec. But what happened was, is Kevin Durant did an interview for TNT. And I guess he didn't like some of the questions that Charles Barkley asked him. I don't know. Who knows with Katie? He's a pretty sensitive guy. Um, And so he was like pretty disconnected in the interview and wasn't very responsive, I guess. And so Michael Rappaport DMs him and it's giving him a hard time. And Kevin Durant absolutely unleashed on Michael Rappaport. (laughs) He gave him an intersection in New York and told him to show up. (laughs) He said he was going to spit in his face. Michael Rappaport's wife was mentioned. It got ugly in a hurry. Um, there were some homophobic comments. Um, it Kevin Durant absolutely unloaded, of course, on social media, not in person. Um, never, he would, never. He would never. <laughs> it's not really about that life, but Kevin Durant. It was a. It was a bad look. I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant could care less about fifty thousand um, dollars, <laughs> but it was definitely kind of a bad look because Michael Rappaport is a professional troll at this point. He's a guy who is putting anybody's name in his mouth that he can to get some attention. And Kevin Durant was stupid enough to fall into his trap. Like guys like Michael Rappaport are just best ignored. Put him in the LeVar ball category of if you ignore him, he goes away. And that's what everybody wants. Like Michael Rappaport is an absolute clown. You know, he's been taking L's all over the place this week. Like, he's he's just a total clown. I could not think any less of him. He doesn't know basketball at all. At all. 
He's trying to stay <laughs> relevant and like trying to get his clout, but he's just as sensitive as KD is. But KD, oh, you're God. on a whole different level than Michael Rappaport. Why are you letting this dude get in your head? Exactly. Like any anytime you let him clown you and you know you gets in your head like that, that totally reflects on you. Trolls are meant to be ignored, man. Like, why are you letting this dude get in his head? I I that's great I'm, hustle. Yeah. I mean sure. it, it, if it would have came from anybody in the league, it would be KD because he is the guy that gets the most butt hurt all the time at all times. He responded to a little kid in his DMs like, "Dude, chill out, bro." Like, KD got it is, time. exactly, <laughs> it is not that deep. You need to like just take a chill pill, dude. Like, take a I few deep it. breaths. Yeah, like I'm never one to defend Michael Rappaport. Especially because I was like, come on, man, you're releasing private DMs. Like, that's not how grown men should do things. But then when I saw some of the stuff Katie said, I was like, well, I guess, you know, all <laughs> the gloves are off when you say all that. When the gloves mm-hmm. are definitely off. Like, he told this man, pull up right here. I'm going to wait for you. <laughs> and, like, imagine just, like, a seven-foot dude waiting there, like, I'm, I'm spitting in your face. I'm just waiting on you to get closer to me. I'm like, first of all, Katie, didn't we just go through a pandemic about germs? Have you learned nothing, sir? <laughs> <laughs> and then his apology last week, he was like, he basically said, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm not sorry I said it. I, I, I noticed that, too. He never said, I'm sorry for what I said. He's like, um, I, that's not what I want people to see from me or hear from me. I'm sorry that they saw it. But he never said, I'm sorry I said it. He just said, I'm sorry y'all saw it. Well, so also, Katie's not sorry. It's, it's great hustle, too, because, first of all, he tried to explain this off. Like, this is just how buddies talk. Oh, this is yeah. just how This is just how guys talk, you know? Me and rap are close, you know? This is guys... And don't get me wrong, I'm totally one of those guys where if we're chill, I'll roast you, you know? And oh, he, yeah. You roast me, too. Like, that's how I am. You know, a lot of dudes are that way of, like, just giving each other shit mm-hmm. and just giving each other a hard time. But you're trying to tell me that, like, you're going to pull up, spit in somebody's face, mention yeah. their <laughs> wife. Like, that's not just friendly that's not that's not that goes way beyond just guys being dudes okay like i've never had that happen like occasionally your buddy will take you know you take it a little too far you dial back my bad bro i'm just giving you a hard time don't get all worked up about that is not just guys they're not the same (laughs) yeah that is that goes way beyond ball busting like no way katie are are you trying to explain it that way come on man like we're idiots i'm like oh i guess they're just tight you know Just, I spit in his face all the time. What are y'all talking about? Yeah, yeah, what all, are y'all talking about? <laughs> I also I also discovered through research. I dealt I dealt deep on this one. I live for NBA drama, man. So apparently the origin of this drama came, and this just shows you what kind of dude Michael Rappaport is, in case you feel bad for him. Um so apparently this stems from when Katie was with the Warriors and K- Michael Rappaport, they were friends, um, asked for tickets to come see a game, right? And so KD, being the nice guy that he is, gave him some tickets. He gave him like sixth row tickets, okay? Those are great tickets. I would be Mm -hmm. thrilled with sixth row. Um, But Michael Rappaport isn't just anybody, right? He's not just anybody. This is a celebrity, a list, man. I'm being facetious, of course. 
Um, and he wasn't happy with the tickets. He wanted to be on the floor. He said, to Katie's face, I want to feel splinters in my feet. And he had to, heaven forbid, Uber from the airport and just take a regular plane. And that's what Michael Rappaport was upset about. His seats that Katie gave him for free were not good enough. And Katie didn't send a car to the airport and he had to fly coach like a regular person. That was the origin of the beef. Oh my god! I can't that's Michael even, report. That's even worse. I hate both yeah. of them, and I got him. Yeah. This dude is an absolute mm-hmm. clown. Yeah, he's been mad at KD ever since KD chose the Nets over the Knicks. Like yep. Rappaport is a a diehard Knicks fan, and I use diehard loosely. But like when KD didn't come to the Knicks, and he said like, "Oh, being a New York Knicks isn't that cool." Rappaport roasted him, called him all this stuff, but he's upset. About some courtside, basic damn near courtside seats. Okay, yeah. I didn't know Rappaport was Pete Diddy. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, apparently, <laughs> thinks man thinks he's Beyonce or something. Okay, <laughs> six rows not good to, enough. Sitting next to Jay Z and shit. Yeah, this this dude, man, absolute clown. Like, in case you any of you felt bad for him, don't. He's a professional troll and like he pretends to be like this new york tough guy like he came from the streets or something and then anytime anybody says anything he complains about it and tries to get everybody to sympathize with him like look how mean kd was to me and he like sues everybody for libel and stuff and loses all his court cases like (laughs) dude is like he wants to talk tough to anybody, and anytime anybody stands up to him, he either goes public with it or he just sues them. So let's let's call a spade a spade. But still, so obviously no love for Michael Rappaport here. But still, Katie, anytime you get in the you get in the mud, you both get dirty. You got to be above such things. For the love of all that's holy, get off social media, man. Do yourself a favor. Please. Do yourself a favor. Like, just please stop tweeting. Stop replying to DMs. Play basketball. Just play basketball, please. You gotta be you gotta be above all that stuff, man. You gotta be above all that. Kevin Durant, great hustle. Dion, who's hustling? All right. So how should I set this? Okay, so it's early Sunday Saturday morning, right? It's a nice day out. Some people decide to go to for a walk in the park. Some people go play pickup, or some some people just go do their run some errands during the weekend. You know, some people like former NBA players decide to throw parties in in the early mornings, in the early hours. Some people decide to throw poker games with strippers in the early hours. Some people, the person that I have. As my Good Hustle Award winner, which is probably one of gonna be, end up being one of the all-time good hustles, is Mr. Paul Pierce. This man, early Saturday morning, went live and decided to show some uh, feed from his party. He was playing poker with some friends, and there might have been some drugs involved and alcohol and strippers. So that's the best of all, like of all worlds, according to Paul Pierce. Uh, he posted a video. I think he was probably just trying to record. I don't think I don't think you know how I, he knows how the technology works because literally the whole world saw that he was <laughs> playing poker while strippers were massaging his neck and twerking all around him. 
and smoking weed and drinking all for the world to see. But here's the kicker. This man has a wife and three, and two, and three kids of 10, like a wife of 10 years, I believe. And he just out here posting videos, having like a good time, I guess, with like a blunt in his mouth, taking shots <laughs> off of strippers, <laughs> having girls twerking in the back. Like, dude, you are a 43-year-old married man, <laughs> face of ES, one of ESPN's shows, and you just got to go ahead and post this type of shit? Like, is this just me or is this like, is there something wrong about this? This is like, this man woke up to a 100K fine and 12 voicemails from ESPN Human Resources telling him, what the <laughs> fuck is going on, dude? <laughs> and he still has to comment on this. Like, what is happening right now? Is uh, like, am I going uh, crazy? The best part about that is that the very next day he tweeted out, good morning, like nothing ever happened. <laughs> He didn't respond to anybody. And then later that day, he said, oh, what a shot by Gonzaga. He just pretended like nothing ever happened. Oh, man. And I was, I was reading this, and I was like, I, as I, I got, like, down the loop, and I was like, hold on. Isn't ESPN an affiliate of Disney? And I was like, hold on. Last time I checked at Disney World, they ain't got none of that that would Paul Pierce out of his crib. So I was like, I don't think you can do that. And somebody put in the comments on IG Live, like, where is Rachel Nichols? I was like, why y'all got to bring that woman into this? <laughs> <laughs> she know damn well we won't see Paul Pierce on the job. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh. Yeah, this is – I guess Paul Pierce thought he was 2 chains for the night. I got <laughs> For the morning. It wasn't even nighttime. It was morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure this was – leftover from the night before you know this this was the after party to the party um yeah not not a great look not not a great look nope the social media bites another one oh my God. Uh, yeah and just no words i have no words i'm so confused on like what just happened this past weekend my man is clearly living his best life you know oh trying to do God. his best james harden impression i guess i <laughs> i have no idea man yeah and whoever monica is this girl he was talking about on the ig live he was like <laughs> Monica, come through. You can make some money. <laughs> like, oh, Paul, man. what are you doing? You oh, know, man. man. The, troops, the troops shall set you free, as in free of a job at ESP. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as if his analysis wasn't bad enough. I don't know what ESPN <laughs> is doing. This is their out. This is their opportunity to get her, get rid of him as an analyst. And thus far, I don't think they've taken it. I don't understand why. <laughs> the man has handed you an out. and he, I, I don't know, man. I have no words. It's, it's beyond me. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a great decision. Kids, don't do drugs. And especially don't do drugs on Instagram Live. In a, in a state where drugs are illegal, not not a great move. <sighs> Paul Pierce, y'all. Paul Pierce, that is if all. You didn't time have a, if you didn't have a reason to hate him, you definitely have one now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know the man's the truth, but that was a little too much truth. This is too, a little that too truthful. That was, that was a little too much honesty <laughs> coming from the truth. Paul Pierce, that is that is great hustle. BJ, you probably can't top those two, but what do you what do you got? Who's who's hustling? I can't. 
I can't top those two, but I will go ahead and give my good hustle to the Rockets GM, Raphael Stone. We kind of mentioned him a little bit last week. But um, this is a guy who went on live TV a couple like last week. I don't know if he was prompted, but he said, and I quote, if I had to do it again, I would do everything the same for the Harden deal. I don't regret doing it at all. And what he has to show for it is a, a ton of picks, but he could have had Ben Simmons. He could have had Karis LeVert. And he had Oladipo, who he traded for, I guess, a once-in-a-generational talent in Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. But the fact that this uh, man is on TV saying that he would he would do the deal all over again, it just sounds like he has no respect for Steven Silas because you want to put this man through another 20-game losing streak? Like, if you see the Rockets on your schedule, you're like, oh, man, like, I didn't know we had to play G League schedule because that's what that roster is. And he's talking about he's proud of what he's putting together. And to go from Daryl Morey to Raphael Stone is just like it, – it's a, it's a tough look because the Rockets aren't even like – they don't even have a chance anymore. And people are literally like, oh, we could probably go out to where James was and still show up hungover to the game and probably win because this roster isn't going to cut it. But to say you would do the deal again, that's tough. Yeah. These are not last in the, in the West. <laughs> True. <laughs> Better than Minnesota. Better than Minnesota. <laughs> I, I this dude's a rookie GM, and clearly everybody else treated him like he's a rookie GM. Yeah. The fact that you have Russell West to when he when he was started as GM, he had James oh Harden, God. Russell Westbrook, and Boogie. then and Over then Ol- Oladipo came through. And so he has three all stars that he has now flipped. And what does he have to show for it? That's right. Like you said, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and some picks. We're not John talking – o- <laughs> well, and John Wall, yeah, who's fairly washed at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we're not talking Oklahoma City picks. We're talking several picks. <laughs> like, the fact that you couldn't flip Harden and Westbrook for more than that is criminal. <laughs> yeah. That's That's horrible. You could have put all these trades into 2K and they all would have been rejected. <laughs> not uh, not not great general managing. Yeah. This is these are the type of moves that set your franchise back decades. Oh yeah. Yeah. This like could set the Rockets level. back like yeah, like <laughs> five years. We're talking <laughs> Sixers in the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, this yeah not not great yeah from the rockets but hey yeah. they they still have john wall so and yeah, they're something. not in last um yeah. i have a couple of really quick bonus good hustles because i don't want to pile on um but kyle kuzma airballing a technical free throw the other day <laughs> Dude's supposed to be a shooter. Airball's a technical free throw. I I I absolutely hate Kyle Kuzma. I know Dion <laughs> loves him, but I hate Kyle Kuzma. Why do you hate him? Oh, because he went to Utah. That's right. That's right. A, he went to Utah. That's not a great start. Um, and B, I just don't like. I he I I just feel like he thinks that he's really good, and I. And Laker fans always hype him up like he's the second coming of LeBron. And he, I just don't think he's that good, personally. He's a nice role player, but, like, I don't know. I'd... I would have traded him for a bus ticket. 
Like if at the trade deadline, I would have let Absolutely. him go for a bag of hot flames. I would have traded him yeah. on the spot. Ba- a bag of saltines, man, is probably more Ooh, than he's salt- worth. Yep. Mm. Yep. Bag of sour skittles and a sweet tea. I'd have been like, yeah, you can have them. I mean, I was going to be nice, but if EJ's piling on, I, I oh, think he's no. absolute trash. He makes me so mad. As a Laker fan, he makes me so mad. Exactly. Like the shots he's taking makes me think he, that he thinks he's really good, but he's not, you know? Oh. <laughs> and my bonus good hustle is somebody who's making a very stellar resume. He was my good hustle award about a month ago. Jacob Purtle for San for San Antonio, airballing he's a Utah teammate. <laughs> he's a Utah teammate, correct? Airballing two free throws at back to back, going back to back, <laughs> back to back. No iron on either. <laughs> like that, that is just criminal. Like even Giannis has like airballed the first. Like it happens. And that's why you have that second one, right? Because you're calibrated or like, okay, way short. I'll put some <laughs> more on this one. Nope. Okay. It's like, I'm going to do the exact same thing. <laughs> Airball and two yeah. free throws, man. Everybody was hustling this week. My goodness. Jacob Pirtle, Kyle Kuzma, great hustle out there. You're spared a larger segment because of the criminal level of hustle that occurred on social media this week so (laughs) you you only get the bonus segment consider yourselves lucky all right let's talk about since you mentioned russell westbrook vj let's talk about russell westbrook so this week russell westbrook and stephen a smith got into it Mm. stephen a smith was talking about all the things that VJ was talking about a massive triple double with 37 points. And Stephen A. Smith is a guy who speaks his mind. And so he very clearly said that he wasn't impressed because the wizards have been losing Westbrook's been played out of his mind, but they're still losing. And so he wasn't impressed. He told Westbrook that he needs to focus on championships and he needs to focus on winning and Westbrook took exception and just said very cryptically, like, I'm just not going to be taking this kind of shit anymore. <laughs> Which, with a guy like Brody, we're not talking about, like, Katie, like, fake-level tough guy. Brody's a real one. Like, if Brody has it out for you, I would not want to come face to face with him. He's almost fought fans before who said some messed up stuff to him, and I believe he was about to throw down with them. Uh, Westbrook's wife got involved saying all kinds of stuff about Stephen A. Um, guys, what, what do we think of this whole beef? Is Stephen A right or is he is he out of line on this phone? Dion, what do you think? Let, let's let VJ go first because I know he has a lot to <laughs> unload and I want to hear it. <laughs> all right, go, go So it, I, I think the basketball critique was fair from Stephen A because I think he has a point like you know you have all the numbers but you need a ring next to your name but then it brought me back to our whole topic last week about rings don't always mean everything and then Russell Westbrook made the point that I know dudes with multiple rings who aren't even happy and then I was like cough cough Kevin Durant like I could think of a person who looked miserable holding a finals MVP after he won two rings Mm -hmm. And so then 
that all got me thinking, like, okay, Stephen A., while the basketball criticism is fair, how can you criticize somebody who doesn't have a ring but then also turn around and criticize those who ring Chase? Like, the logic is inconsistent to me with that. So that's why I kind of felt the need to defend Brody a little bit because I'm saying, like, I'd rather have a dude who was going to stick it out and play and leave it out because Russell Westbrook will never teach you of the game. I don't think he's low managed once his career. Probably don't even know what that means. And he'll leave it out there on the line for you every time. So I was like, Stephen A., I don't really understand, like, the criticism because you at least got to be consistent with it. Because I think Brody, like, when it's all said and done, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, will he have a ring? I, I venture to say no, but are you going to tell me that people are – that's the first thing I'll think about is, well, Westbrook didn't have a ring. They're probably going to think about the things he did off the court, the route he took, but I just didn't I just didn't like Stephen A's way of saying – But and Dion was right there too, and the first thing they said was, Stephen A, what do you make of these numbers? Stephen A says, they mean absolutely nothing to me. So like, I get it. Like, you don't – you aren't impressed, but you're making it seem like Westbrook is just a scrub. And that his only his career is only going to be validated by titles. When I'm like, okay, well, that would mean something if he were like a premier all star, like a Kevin Durant level, LeBron level. But this is a guy who's a secondary player who you want to give that kind of criticism to. So I just thought it was kind of unfair, at least from that standpoint. The basketball critique I got, but it seemed like some shade too in there from Stephen A. Yeah. Like unjustified. Like I don't understand what is his deal with the Westbrook, because like, okay, he doesn't have a ring. AI doesn't have a ring. Carmelo doesn't have a ring. Dame doesn't have a ring. And they're still great players that are probably gonna like all be in the Hall of Fame. You know, there there's people that don't need rings to show how good they are. And that was that's like my like usually my premise when I talk about like the greatest players of all the time, like mm-hmm. your basketball skill is not valued by the amount of rings that you have. Yeah, it doesn't define you. Yeah, it doesn't define you. Like, it's a part of it, but it doesn't take away – if you don't have a ring, it doesn't take away how good you are, you know? A good hooper of the week for Taylor getting some smooches (laughs) on the camera. (laughs) Bone is a good hooper. Bone is a good hooper. (laughs) Wife and CJ just got home. (laughs) (laughs) No, I – I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, and like VJ stole all of my points, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> like literally Stephen A was just went in on Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin for buying a title. You know, those are right. his words as, as he should, we're all going in on Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, but then to turn around and to tell Russell Westbrook, like, where, where are your titles? You know, you should be focusing on titles, which is essentially just saying you should have been ring chasing this whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't understand. And just to go to a bigger point, Russell Westbrook, to me, feels like one of the most hated players in the NBA by fans. For no reason. For, for no absolutely reason. no reason. There's I don't no reason. I don't understand why. I think it's just yeah. because he plays with some edge and has you know, it's an aggressive play. That's all I can arrive at because like, I I don't understand all of the hate, like NBA fans hate, you know, guys who are disloyal. Russell Westbrook was extremely loyal to Oklahoma city, making a point to resign yeah, after, after Kevin Durant, Durant left. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, 
going out of his way and only left after it was very clear that the Rockets or the Thunder were in rebuilding mode. And mm-hmm. so he did them a favor and got them a bunch more draft picks and stuff. And like, it was a mutual understanding of like, maybe it's time for me to move on. Like we are rebuilding, you know, we can flip you. Okay. You know? So he was extremely loyal to Oklahoma city. Yes. He had some struggles in the playoffs and, you know, we could critique the, you know, the heat absolutely bodying the thunder in those finals, but they were all really young then Harden, Katie and Westbrook. But it's like, I don't understand the hate that Brody gets. I really don't. Luka Doncic has, you know, a triple-double and a loss. We love Luka. Oh, he's a transcendent talent. Oh, Luka's the man. Do you see how many triple-doubles he has? And then Westbrook's like, they're empty stats. You know, doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's like, I I don't get it. You know, when other guys get triple-doubles, you know, we hail them. And like, oh, man, look at how good they are. LeBron with another triple-double. I mean, LeBron's winning, but you get my point. And then Westbrook is the first person we point to of, like, it's empty stats. And I don't understand the double standard. I mean, literally right after last week, we were talking about with all these super teams that we need to stop, you know, the discussion of disrespecting players just because they don't have a ring. And to me, Russell Westbrook seems like a prime example of that. This is a guy who every night goes out and competes, um, was extremely loyal for most of his career, and I don't think he should be punished for that. I mean, he got traded to the Wizards. He didn't ask to go there, but he's still playing really hard and going out there and competing. You know, he could take the Blake Griffin route in Washington and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to check out until I'm out of here. But no, he's still going out there. He's still playing extremely hard. He's competing. And so why should we turn around and say those stats are meaningless? You know, like, I, I just think Brody is really disrespected in today's NBA, and I don't really know why. Yeah, super unfair. All his teammates, they always say, like, how much they love him. And, it, like, he'd run through a wall for them, or they would do the same for him. So, honestly, I just – I think it's just easy. He's an easy target to pick on. That's what it seems like that they do to him in the media. Yeah. I mean, I just, I've, I've always loved Westbrook. I've been defending oh, yeah. Westbrook for years. Like the phrase I would use, and I want it like embroidered on a pillow or something, or like a quilt or <laughs> something, is like what I would tell people during the whole like Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook beef a few years ago. And because Brody called him a cupcake, which is, first of all, just an all time great insult. <laughs> Calling Katie a cupcake. But what I would tell people is, in a world full of cupcakes, be a Brody. I'm like, <laughs> I I just love him, man. He's a dog. He competes. He plays really hard. Yeah, he's kind of obnoxious sometimes. Yeah, he likes to talk shit on the court. But at the same time, like you're saying, like his teammates love playing with him. The fans in Oklahoma City absolutely loved him. He did a lot for that community in that city. Oh, yeah. You know, and like I said, he he's a guy who just absolutely competes every single night. And so I, I don't understand why people choose to hate. Be a Brody. Don't be a cupcake. Be a Brody. Don't be a cupcake. <laughs> In a world full of cupcakes, be a Brody. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, so it sounds like we're all in agreement. It sounds like, yes, yeah. we think Stephen A is out of line. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I do like the way that Stephen A. handled it. Yeah, yeah, very classy. Yeah, he came out and said that, like, he has nothing but respect for Westbrook's wife. You know, that's a good thing to get out of the way. 
that that's how a woman should react you know to you know somebody slandering their her husband essentially and that she was defending him good for her but he also didn't back off of his comments and i thought it was kind of an opportunity for him to bury the hatchet and be like look you know maybe i spoke a little more strongly than i intended you know winning should always be the priority but to say this was meaningless was a little strong you know but he stood by what he said and I kind of think he got this one wrong. Yeah, true. He will never go back on his words, I feel like. He's, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. And, like, I mean, I guess he's not entirely wrong. I just think it's really unfair. It feels like a cheap yeah. shot. Yeah. Like, technically, he's right because they didn't win any of those games, but it just feels like a cheap shot. It feels like kicking him while he's down, and it just feels really unfair, you know? Yeah, it's basically saying, like, his MVP was a fluke because he wanted to be right. triple doubles. Yeah. Right. Guess- it's like... Go ahead, BJ. I was gonna say one. I think that's one last point is, if you look at everybody at the trade deadline, the buyout market, they were in losing situations and they just quit. Like Oladipo was right. I mean, I don't know if it's true now. Oladipo now he's all of a sudden athletic again in Miami. Blake can dunk again. Lamarcus can put up a double double. Like they were in bad situations they didn't like and they just pouted about it. Westbrook is at the Wizards, and he like they're not winning, but he's going out there every night as if they're they have a chance to win the title. So you got to respect it, at least that he's even putting in full effort like that. Yeah, absolutely. And like what Stephen A is saying, it makes it seem like Westbrook is the reason they're losing, which is just not true. Oh, yeah. The the Wizards, I think including Bradley Beal, are a team that doesn't know how to win. It's a lot of young guys. They've never Mm – been on a you know winning team in the NBA before and so they just don't know how to win they don't know how to be exactly. tough they don't know how to compete but I definitely don't put Westbrook in there he's the one who's trying to show them the way and they're just a few years away still yeah I I, I think we all agree Stephen A got this one wrong mm-hmm. all right from one set of comments to another <laughs> let's over <laughs> let's overthink this one shall we Oh, yes. let's 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 make a mountain out of a molehill so steph curry let me pull up the quote real quick make sure i got this right since we're going to overanalyze this so steph curry when he was asked so the warriors are in trouble they've once they've lost seven of eight yep. steph is back they're still losing they look like trash draymond green especially looks like trash um shout out to draymond I'll take a tra- I'll I'll take a cheap shot at Draymond Green anytime I can, um, but they've just been really bad. They've been really bad, and so Steph Curry was asked about the slump, and he said, "quote I hope it stings. I hope it's uncomfortable. I hope it motivates you to keep grinding, challenging yourself to get better." Um, and a lot of people are starting, and this goes back to the All Star game. LeBron and Steph on the same team, they looked like they were having a little too much fun together. And so people are starting to theorize, is Steph on his way out of Golden State at some point? Is he going to be the next guy to say, I want to trade? I don't know if he's a free agent anytime soon. I kind of think he isn't. Um, But is he going to request a trade and try and get out of Golden State? What What do we think? I mean, we kind of already touched on this after the All-Star game. As you said, we were kind of like the first ones that said, you know, they were having, you know, it seemed like they played together forever, laughing, Mm -hmm. making jokes, having a good time. And 
I think that this could be something that should definitely be under our radars because, you know, he's growing frustrated in Golden State. And um, I don't see them getting and like bringing in Eddie's like big time players anytime soon because they already have like him, Clay, and uh, Dre and uh, the number two pick in the draft. So. I feel like if nothing changes and if they keep losing, it's a possibility that he leaves. I'm not saying he's going to go to the Lakers by any means. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's possible that a change of scenery could be good for him, you know? I mean, it's possible. In my mind, I just have a really hard time seeing Steph actually take the step of being, I'm out of here. You know, I think Clay Thompson's coming back next year. I, I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing it. Mm-hmm. I just think at the end of the day, I think Steph will ride it out. Even if I think he wants to, like right now, he probably wants out of Golden State. Mm-hmm. You know, when th- things are bad there right now. And so, but I just have a hard time seeing him actually be like, you know, marching into somebody's office and saying, I want out. It might, it might not even be that, though. Like, mm-hmm. he might just, like, not resign and just go explore free agency. It That's doesn't true. have to be that he has to go request a trade. Because I, I, I'm thinking, like, for example, like, Tom Brady probably didn't, like, he spent, you, you never would have thought he would play for a different team. But look at where he's at now. And he's, he went to Tampa and he won, you know? So, like, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, it's there's always a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's no, just have a baby Super Bowl show. I'm, I'm wearing my Tom Brady shirt right now. No, Love I actually it. like I like the comparison of, you know, Steph is an all-time great, and, you know, he has given Golden State a lot, but I think maybe you're right. Maybe he won't demand a trade, but, you know, maybe what you're saying has a point of maybe at some point he'll be like, you know, I'd like a change of scenery. You know, it's been real, but, you know, I, I'm going to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I – I honestly, I was like thinking a lot about this because uh, it sounded like you just felt bad for Steph Curry, even though he's won. I mean, he's been to the finals and won three rings and five tries, basically. But you just get the feel that he's clearly frustrated. And when I tell you they were getting smacked by the Raptors, they were getting smacked. They lost by fifty-five points, <laughs> and clearly, like yeah, Steph that Curry, was rough. That yeah. was bad. Like, it was like one of those like '90s movies where like a bully is, you know, at the beginning, the where the protagonist is just getting absolutely like beat up by a group of bullies, and like some girls in the background, like "Stop it, you're hurting stop. him." Exactly. Or That's like, what it you felt know, like. The NBA throw in the towel, throw in the towel, damn it! It's like if he dies, <laughs> he dies. And that's like the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> All of us were that girl in the background, like "Stop it, you're stop. hurting him." Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, like clearly Steph is like used to being on the other end of that, like doing being the ones killing by 55. And I could just to me, like, does Clay Thompson coming back answer all their troubles is my question about the whole thing. Like, does Clay Thompson coming back put them in position to win again? I'm not sure because I can't tell you what Clay Thompson looks like after being gone for two years. And I don't really know if that's exactly. you know the whole thing. And then I also think they have real issues internally that I'm starting to see because it seems like Steve Kerr, and I give credit to him for doing what he did as far as getting him over the hump a couple times, but 
is he a, a really elite coach or did he just get gifted a lot of good ingredients to win? Because mm-hmm. I know some teams can struggle, but the Warriors struggle more often than not to have Steph Curry on their team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And clearly it seems like there are some issues between Kerr and James Wiseman. I notice when James Wiseman makes mistakes, Kerr is quick to pull him out. But he'll let Kent Bazemore go out there and shoot 0 for 9 and just stay and ride that out. So it's okay. What's the real plan here? So I wonder if they got some things to figure out on that end. But ultimately, it comes down to, Steph, do you think you can win here again? And if he had to ask himself that honestly, he would probably say no. But like Taylor was saying, I just can't picture Steph being anywhere else. Like, I just can't picture him not in a Warriors uniform. But I think he will test the market at least and put some pressure on them and maybe even make some demands. But I I, I see him riding it out, but it will probably be – it'll look a little better with Clay, but it will probably still be rough sledding, especially in the West right now. Yeah, and to your point about James Wiseman, if you don't try any – if you don't try to develop him this year with Clay Thompson out and Steph in and out of injury, when are you going yeah. to do that? Like He's this not is the year. More touches. Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna get him more touches. You're gonna get him like acclimated with the NBA and like the speed and the like the strength that goes behind it. it this was a perfect transition year for James Wiseman to yeah. develop. Like he landed in a perfect situation to do that, and he's not. And Steve mm-hmm. Kerr is not taking yeah. advantage of it. Um, but to your point about writing it out, he has this year and one more year mm-hmm. left, and then he's oh, got a player option. He is unrestricted he's free okay. agent after mm-hmm. that. So he's gonna make he's forty five million next year. He's probably gonna stay, of course. But next year is the real test with Clay back. His contract oh, year. Oh my goodness! Like it, it, it's, mm-hmm. it looks uh, like yeah. the stars are aligning for him to make a move. Yeah. And but it all depends on how next year goes. So we just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying, and that that's exactly how it felt to me too, Dion. Of like, I feel like he would give it at least one more year with Clay back yeah, to see Clay. what happens. And it's perfect but, that is his last year of the contract too. But to answer your question, BJ, of will Clay Thompson coming back fix all their problems? No. <laughs> this is not yeah, – even with that's... Clay Thompson back, this is not the same team that won 72 mm-hmm. games. Um, even if Clay Thompson can still play, you're stuck with Andrew Wiggins. Of Andrew Wiggins can get buckets. But like we're talking about with like Russell Westbrook, he's the opposite of that. He does not compete. He'll try and get his shots up. But he doesn't. He's one of the, st- the statistically worst defenders in the NBA. He is, is horrible puzzling. on defense. He disappears for games, weeks at a time, where he's making absolutely no impact. And he'll occasionally show up and have a decent shooting night and put some points on the board, but give up thirty. And they're stuck with Andrew Wiggins. You know, they like you're saying with Steve Kerr and like James Wiseman. They don't know what they want to do with James Wiseman. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. Like, he's clearly a very raw talent that you need to develop. And it just seems like they have no patience for that. And I don't understand why. Kelly Oubre hasn't been good. Kent Bazemore is very bad at this point in his career. And so this is not the same team. Yeah. And And so they're they're not going to go anywhere. They're really not. And one last thing, too, and this is not to disrespect them, but we got to really keep it real about Draymond Green. 
Like you see what happens when you take away some of his weapons, it turns him back to who he really is. Like he's just a facilitator. He's not an all-star playmaker. Like he should really thank Clay Thompson. Cause like, like without Clay Thompson, Draymond Green looks very average out there. So it's a lot of exposure on his game too. Yeah. I, yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see if he decides to become a free agent. Like I, I agree with you Dion. that. I think he'll test the market. And oh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like Golden State can make some drastic moves between now and then to try and keep him. The whole situation is very intriguing and we're watching very closely. So yeah. very, very interesting it. situation. All right, let's transition down the coast of California. And let's talk about a team we neglected to talk about last week. And that's the LA Clippers. So recently at the deadline, they traded for Rajon Rondo and they just signed DeMarcus Cousins as an unrestricted free agent or as a, um, as a buyout. They signed him to a 10-day contract. Are we buying the Clippers as a legitimate contender in the West? Dion, are you buying the Clippers? I don't know about like legitimate. It makes it makes them a little better, but there those two moves do not compensate for what they lost in Lou Williams. Because to me, that Rondo Lou Williams moves, I I don't know how good it could be for them. Because Rondo is good when he has the ball and he can be the floor general, but I don't see that working with two ball dominant players like Kawhi and Paul George, you know? And, uh, but Lou Williams, what I was uh, like, what I was trying to say with Lou Williams, Lou Williams is that scoring punch off the bench that can get you literally 30 points. If he's like, if he, if he goes crazy, if he go if he gets hot and he comes off the bench, he can give you 30 points any night. And, I don't, I just don't, I don't see that in Rondo and uh, DeMarcus Cousins. I just still don't know how DeMarcus Cousins is playing because I haven't seen him in the past two or three years. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if it makes him that much better. I think it's, it might be a slight improvement because get a little bit more defense in Rondo rather than Lou Williams. But, Dion, I appreciate your neutrality. Um, but to answer my own question, no, I do not buy the Clippers in the West. To take it a step further from what Dion's saying, I don't like what I'm hearing out of the Clippers. First of all, our hatred collectively of Paul George is very documented. His <laughs> game is fairly nice. and His game is real nice in the regular season. But exactly. he just continues to whine and complain and makes us think he's super soft. But the reason that was cited for trading for Rajon Rondo, which like you said, I don't think is an upgrade, is because of his toughness and leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, you have two superstars on your team. Like, why do you need leadership and toughness? Exactly. To me, exactly. that doesn't sound good. You have veterans, too. You have Serge Ibaka. You had Lou Williams Batum. before you traded him. Batum. Yeah, Nicholas Batum. These are locker room guys, established veterans. Why are you mm-hmm. lacking leadership? That doesn't sound good to me. I have mad respect for Kawhi's game. Kawhi is a competitor. He does it on both ends of the floor. But when you're talking about he and I do think Kawhi has some toughness to him. Yeah, um, for sure. But he does lack in that leadership. He's not vocal. He's kind of just does his own thing. That's why he flourished on the Spurs. Those are guys 
where leadership was everywhere. He could just kind of quietly go about his business. Paul George is not a leader. Um, oh, no shot. No. And so, like, the I, I think something's going on there. And this, to me, speaks of, like, some infighting and, you know, some potential issues that they're having that they think Rajon Rondo will fix. And I just don't think it will. Yeah, a lot of, like, Taylor was saying, I thought about it long and hard, too. I was like, do I buy the Clippers? Oh, they blew out the Lakers without LeBron, AD, and Drummond. I'm still not buying them. <clears throat> like, of course, Rondo gives them the point guard that they need because Kawhi, after they lost to the Nuggets, said they need to get smarter. They need an actual point guard. And truthfully, what he was saying is, Pat Bev, you bark a lot, but you don't really bite at all. You're not a true point guard. You just do a lot more talking. And I think what this is going to do, too, it might ruffle some feathers for Pat Beverly as he might fall out the rotation. His minutes might get cut. Because mm-hmm. if I'm Ty Lu, I'd rather have Rondo on the court than Pat Bev. Like, am I really losing that much to Pat Bev? Because statistically, people like his numbers show he's not that great of a defender. He's more of a hacker than anything. Like his reputation in Houston early on as a Clipper when they actually were dogs with Montrez, he was a defender. But now I'd rather have a smarter, high IQ point guard like Rondo on the court. And I really didn't like what I heard from Paul George yesterday when he said that, you know, Rondo's our leader. So you mean to tell me a week and a half into being traded to your team, that's your leader? And like Taylor was saying, you have two all-stars or two superstar players or a superstar and a pancake pee. You should have leadership there. Like, you should have to wait for a trade, like a season and a half to get your leader at the trade deadline. Like, I, I don't think that's how championship team works. So it just goes back to all the judgments people made about the Clippers last year. Like, I think that's all validated now. So I do not buy them at all. I actually think the Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Lakers are still clearly better than them. Suns, and, one, and the Suns, too. Yeah, oh, Right, right, right. The Suns, too. And I, I just feel like because the Suns are better because of Chris Paul, but Devin Booker's taking lead. But that's leadership. Like, mm-hmm. you insert Chris Paul there, like, that's what, you, that's what you're looking for. That's what Kawhi lacks. Like, great player. I think Kawhi is also probably a great dude. But as far as, like, he's not going to be like, all right, get on my back. I'm going to lead us there. He's more so, like, I'm going to come in, put in my work. And, you know, if you do yours, that's cool. But he's not going to be, like, you know, that vocal guy. Mm-hmm. But. Well, what Taylor was saying, I'm really not buying anything that the Clippers are selling. Mm-hmm. I like Ty Lue as a coach, but I'm not buying what they're doing. Yeah, yeah let's not forget, too, that Montres Harrell got run out of town. That's one of the yeah. toughest dudes in the NBA. Oh, he, yes. He was like, oh, he was causing mm-hmm. problems. He was probably calling out his teammates and trying to yes. make it yeah. better. Yeah. That was my last point. And he, he got run right. out of town. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. He was holding them accountable. Like, Paul George, mm-hmm. you claim to be a superstar, but you taking rest off like you want something. I think yep. Rondo, Rondo might rub him the wrong way too because he's not going to pull any punches. Like he kept yeah. it real with LeBron. He played with Kevin Garnett. And you could play with Kevin Garnett, like you know Kevin Garnett is not about any of that funny business. So he's probably going to hold him accountable. And it'll be interesting to see like how they deal with that. Because if, if you can't take it from Montrez Harrell, you definitely probably can't take it from Rondo because he's a straight shooter. Exactly. He'll fight you great, on the court. <laughs> yes. Great point, Taylor. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah, it, one last thing I wanted to say was uh, when you said, VJ that it might take Pat Bev out of the rotation, you basically traded for Rajon Rondo and lost two players because you lose Pat Bev and Lou Williams, even though Pat Bev is still there. But, like, he won't play. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, you traded an integral part of your bench, probably like the best player off the bench for for somebody that can be a floor general and a leader on a team that should already have two leaders. It makes exactly. It, it's just like management doesn't really know what they're doing to me. They're not building a, a good team around those two superstars, at least not the right players to complement those superstars. Yeah, and to, and to your point, VJ, you were talking about Kevin Garnett. Of There are two types, in my mind, there are two kinds of leaders out there. Two of the greatest leaders in NBA history were Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan. And so those are two contrasting leadership styles of Tim Duncan, just led by example. He was a quiet guy, but he was first one in, last one out. He showed people the way of like, this is how we do things in San Antonio. And then San Antonio surrounded him with workers and they just outworked everybody. They weren't the most talented or athletic teams, but they just worked really hard and played together that they won five titles. And then you have Kevin Garnett, who was just an absolute dog. You know that he would die for you out there as your teammate. He was going to outwork everybody on the floor he was going to give you everything he had. And then the Celtics surrounded him with some dogs, you know, Paul Pierce kind of, you know, Tony Allen, Rajon Rondo. Uh, and these are just tough. Posey. Aggressive. Posey yeah. Brown, yeah. Leon, Poe, just exactly. vets, dogs, dogs of like, we are just going to be, we're just going to play so hard that we're just going to outplay everybody that way. We're going to make them play our brand of basketball And Kevin Garnett is going to hold every single person accountable. Ray Allen, Rondo, Paul Pierce, he holds them all accountable. He holds them to that higher standard. Rondo didn't like that at first, by the way. He was very pissed off at that. He, Mm -hmm. he, I think he actually fought KG at one point. And I just don't see either of those styles happening for the Clippers. Like you said, Chris Paul is a little bit of both. He's a little bit of lead by example, and he's a little bit of dog. And to me, Paul George and Kawhi... Like, I do think Kawhi is a hard worker, but he strikes me as kind of, you know, very much an individual. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think they have any of those types of guys in there. Pat Beverly's a little too much dog to where he's hurting his team, you know, to the point where he's calling out everybody but himself, you know, of like, it's everybody else's fault. You know, I, the greatest defender the world has ever seen. So I don't do anything wrong, you know, to, mm-hmm. so like, I just don't see any of that kind of influence in, mm-hmm. in LA for the Clippers. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a perfect point. Especially because like, when I think about Kawhi, the reason why it worked in Toronto is because they had both, both those leadership styles. Cause they had Kyle, huh? Kyle Lowry being the dog and the vocal leader. And then you had, you know, lead by example in, in Kawhi, but he wasn't really lead by example. He was just like mm-hmm. a great player that complimented Kyle Lowry's leadership, you know? So when you put those two together, it works, but I don't see that happening in LA the same way that it happened in Toronto. It's just like two different situations that will end up with different outcomes, especially in a West that is so deep. Yeah. I mean, I think the Clippers, they definitely have the horses to compete. Like their team is definitely talented enough to win the West, let alone the NBA title. They have that kind of talent. They have that kind of ceiling. Um, You know, if Paul George figures it out in the playoffs at some point, doesn't get absolutely, you better hope he doesn't, they don't get the Blazers in the first round or they're done. 
Most <laughs> over. Lillard has destroyed this dude historically. But anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> you know, if Paul George has a good run in the playoffs, you know, anything's possible for them. I just think, like, when you're talking about lacking leadership, that's not what you want to be hearing in April. When you talk about a team with championship aspirations, the last thing they need to be lacking is leadership and toughness. And so, to me, that spells trouble. And if they don't do well in the playoffs this year, I think that locker room is going to fall apart and they're going to have to make some huge moves. Like I said, they, they are good enough to win a championship, but I don't like what I'm hearing out of them. So we'll see. All right. Lastly, let's, let's take balling on a budget to a new level. (laughs) And we're going to argue, I'm sure about whose team is the best. Oh, you know it. So, you guys can't see it, so we'll. I'll just have to explain it in detail. So, we have a list that was put out by um, House of Highlights, and they put NBA players into five tiers. So, there's the five dollar tier, the four dollar tier, three, two, one, and then you have fifteen dollars to make a starting five. Okay, five players per tier. Yep. And so in the $5 tier, this is the highest tier, you have LeBron, KD, Giannis, Steph, and Joel Embiid. In the $4 tier, you have Kyrie, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Jokic, and Harden. In the $3 tier, you have Zion Williamson, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Paul George, Bradley Beal. In the $2 tier, you have Zach Levine, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell. And finally, in the $1 tier, you have Russell Westbrook, Vucevic, Jimmy Butler, Gobert, and Ben Simmons. Dion, give us your starting five. Okay. Okay. I had I, I wrestled I wrestled a lot with this, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it it was it was really hard for me. It was really hard for me, especially because I I don't know who my point guard is gonna be, but I'll figure it out as I do this. So five dollars, you know, the easiest five dollars I will ever spend in my life. You know, what I mean, I'm surprised. You know, LeBron, Bron, you know, LeBron James will always go in any ultimate team that I will ever build. And that is like a fact. No, at four dollars, I'll go with AD. They just won a championship. We see that they it, that it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We you know that it works. Three dollars was probably the hardest one for me because I want to get Luca, but his game would not go with LeBron. But I will go. <sighs> I want to pick. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going with Luca. Uh, for the two dollar, I'm going with my main man D Book. You know my shooting guard. He's gonna be the one to give me the points. You know. This is just a who's who of Dion's favorite players. Oh, you know. He's not it. even trying to make a team. He's just oh, like, you know these it. are my favorite guys. Tell t- tell me that's not that, tell me that's not fire. I mean, it's good. I have a I like center. My team better, but I got Le- I got LeBron at point forward. I got Luca. At the, at the shooting, uh, the three. Then I got D book at the two, and then, you know, I'm just gonna get another 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 shooting guard. 
and that's going to be my dog. The one that's going to, you know, win us the games on the defensive end. And that is Jimmy B. And that is my lineup. So I got Bron, AD, Luca, Book, and Jimmy B. Mm, I respect it. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. All right, DJ, what do you got for me? Oh, uh, my list, that's funny because Dion's team is almost identical to mine. But, um, <laughs> you guys. So I I, uh, I put on top of this whose game complements each other, and then I put next to that $5 players who you build around. So I'm going to work my way actually in reverse, though. So for $1, I mean, Jimmy Butler, I feel like that's a discount and a half yeah. of them for a dollar. Yeah. I get toughness. I get a great defensive player. And then he doesn't need the ball to be effective. And I get mm-hmm. um, exactly. a guy who can facilitate, too. And super unselfish with the dirty work. So, for a dollar, definitely give me that. Then for $2, this was actually hard because I believe Tatum was $2, too. And mm-hmm. I was going yeah. to. But then I thought about Devin Booker as a spot-up shooter who can create his yep. own shot. And I was like, okay, I'll take that because historically – you know, Devin Booker being around guys who can create their own shots too, like it opened his game up more. So, like, $2 give me Devin Booker. Three bucks is the only difference I think here for me is I want Dame Lillard. I'm saying a perimeter threat. As soon as he stepped past half, I feel like he's in range. Somehow so it I'm... always comes down to Damian Lillard versus Luka <laughs> at some point. Uh, we... yeah. Somehow That's... it always comes back to this. And the only... it's always it comes back. The thing with Luca though is like I feel like him and LeBron, them on the court together, they're very similar. So it'd be kind of mm-hmm. hard to that's, that's really gel. Yeah, but I was like, okay, Dame, I get perimeter threat. Uh, he can extend the range easily. And if we ever are in a game where it's close, like I got a clutch guy too. For four dollars, kind of similar to Dion's logic, I took AD, versatile big, um, great defender. Um, he can switch almost one through five if you really want him to. And you've seen the formula have success with him and LeBron. And obviously, LeBron loves having athletic guys who can go and catch lobs, too. So I think AD made the most sense there. And for $5, obviously, I took Brian. So I was like, okay, what would make this soup taste good? And you just put that one ingredient in it, and it brings everything to life. And I'm saying, LeBron, you surround him with shooters. You got Dame, you got D-Book, and you put him on the wing with Jimmy as a defensive presence. I feel like you win there, too. And you have a lob threat in AD. And not to mention, he's 4-0 in the All-Star game a little on his side. So there's already a little bit of chemistry there. So that was my five. Okay. Tell me what you got. I respect I, it. I, I can you promise guys. you now that I, can, I already know one of Taylor, Taylor's players. I'm just going to say Go ahead. Go ahead. Rudy, Go, Rudy Gobert. No. Psych. Jason Tate. <laughs> No, Ben said I did not take nah, Tatum. Stop. Stop. VJ's right. I did take Gobert, though. For a dollar, best rim defender in the yeah. NBA. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah but, you know, yeah. you know, you can get AD in scoring and a rim defender. Oh, bear with Boom. me. So, you guys took one from each tier. I went a different direction, and I skipped the middle tiers. So, for me, I want LeBron. Obviously, <laughs> LeBron has no weaknesses, especially at this point. His shooting's getting better. And so mm-hmm. LeBron has no weaknesses. You obviously okay. want to take LeBron. Um, I took KD with him. Um, so that's $10 right there. KD, the best pure scorer in the NBA, can shoot from every range. I think he's the perfect player to pair alongside LeBron James. Okay. 
And then I went down to the lower tiers. So give me more shooting. Give me Devin Booker. That's $12. And then give me Chris Paul, floor general. Get everybody where they need to be. Distribute. And then give me Rudy Gobert, the best rim protector and lob catcher. I mean, not the best lob catcher, but the best rim protector in the NBA and can catch lobs. Nobody's beating that team. Who who did you who did you say after KD? LeBron, KD, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Rudy Gobert. Nobody's beating that team. I'm I'm not mad at that. I struggled. I was gonna take Devin Booker and Tatum on my team and like skip a couple tiers, but you know I wanted to skip t- I, the three dollar and the four dollar, but yeah, I, I like the that's a pretty big lineup. Mm-hmm. You got I, seven foot Gobert, seven foot KD. Six nine LeBron. That's a, mm-hmm. that's what the Lakers have right now, damn near basically. Mm-hmm. See, okay. and I struggled between KD and Giannis. Um, yeah, yeah. Because imagine if your if your front court defensively is Gobert, Giannis, and Braun, nobody will score. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's Literally. scoring. You would have to have Steph and Dame and Devin just to have a chance to get to. Oh no! Yeah, you, nobody's scoring. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's I, I arrived at KD because he's the perfect mm-hmm. player to pair with LeBron, I feel like. But, but mm-hmm. or Steph, but guys, okay. yeah, or Steph. But guys, let us know, let, let us know what you think if you guys were to take the challenge. And maybe we'll post a repost it yeah. on Instagram so you guys post can see. let us know what your team would be. But as always, if you guys are hearing this, we appreciate you guys. We'll be sure, be sure to follow us on social media, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.